This is Dap the Contract. Um, I'm Alter Daily. Man, it's a long story. So DAP was like Dolakwa Kinkube Productions. Like, because I only ever wanted to produce. I don't think people really realize that. Like, I never, I specifically didn't want to rap because I enjoyed that, that like, I don't want to say number two position, but I enjoyed that just like behind the scenes, but has its hand in, in the music. That's what I really cared about, you know. But over time, all my boys just decided that it was cool to retire. Thanks to Jay-Z, everyone wants to retire after rapping for two weeks. So every two weeks, um, nah, this is my last, this is my last tune. I'm like, bro, we have like one song on SoundCloud. What do you mean you're retiring? So eventually, I just realized that yo, know, if I'm not gonna have people to rap on my stuff, and my stuff at that time was still kind of out of the box a little bit, like that was like Odd Future time, like 0809. So my sound was a little confusing for people. I'm coming from a classical piano background too, so. I just figured, you know what, I know how to rap on these beats, so I'm going to have to figure out how to do this thing. And so then it became, and then I had a duo with me, me and Shane Chubby, shout out to Shane Chubby. We started the contract like soon after everyone stopped except like me and him pretty much. And then he stopped and I'm like, right, you know what, I've got the DAP and now we had the contract, so I just kind of put them together. And that's what it was. Yeah, man, that's what it is. I like I like having the two. I like DAP the contract being formal, but then people that know DAP, I like that. I like that it's a thing that only a couple people are aware of. I'm I'm a nerd for real. I don't know what it was the first beat I made, but I felt like I wanted to keep track of something. I didn't know what it was gonna be, but I just felt like I wanted to remember this and have them all connected somehow. So I called the first beat I made first, the date I made it, where I made it, and what I made it with. So each beat will be like 110th, 15th of January, 2007, um, Reason or Logic. And I name all my keyboards because I like my children. So they'll have, so it'll be like the name of the keyboard, like every beat. And I think I just wanted to be able to say, okay, I got to 500, like where, where am I now? Not even to, to boast, just to be like, what have I, all them 500 beats, like have I improved? Like where am I really going? Like what, and I can always like track like when things shifted. Like for example, going like being in Europe for the last six months, I wanted to tap back into that housey, like European like EDM house, but also South African house and like those gar UK garage kind of sounds. And I can tell there'll be like 20 beats that have that kind of flavor. Then some Afrobeat will come in there a little bit, and then I'll see it switch back. And I can remember the things that made it change. It's just interesting to look back, even though I never do. But I feel like one day I'll go back and be like, and also have maybe like 60 songs out so there's all these beats that are just sitting there you know or people had and they never really finished or whatever it was so i just wanted to be able to keep track of it it's like a type a thing yeah yeah a bit too organized sometimes and it loose up of it i think the main thing was like codes code switching helped a lot and that came from like being here for primary school to you till i was 10 and then going to middle high school in London. <clears throat> and then when I got to America, because that was never part of the plan, that was kind of random how that happened. Because I was, I was applying to UK unis, all of that, and then that didn't work out. So as soon as I landed in America, I went to Brown University also, which is like known as the hippie Ivy League school, right? So <clears throat> I started noticing 
that introducing myself became like a thing. I was forced to talk because I would be like, what's your name? Dolakbo. And then they asked me more questions and an English accent comes out. So as soon as that happened, it's always like, wait, who are, so where are you, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm Nigerian. I went to school in London. I always have to explain myself. So that really forced me to like open my mouth and like speak to people. And I think that like the first semester I came home, I remember my godmother was like, I don't know what changed, but you suddenly like, you sit up, you like look people in the eye. I never used to look anyone in the eye. Like I'm talking to you, I'm looking somewhere here. <laughs> but like, you're, you know, like I was never looking people dead in the eye. So I don't know what it was about that, but I think I just was kind of forced to like wake up. And that was the same time I put out my first tape. So I think those two things together, like I couldn't really hide. People would find out that, oh, this is the music kid that like, oh, he raps and whatever. So it was like a thing. It became a thing of how I'd introduce myself as well. Like, I think that's what it really was. I was just kind of forced to stop being a baby, really. <laughs> you know, I'm the youngest too of my family, so I was always kind of like, you know, yeah. I was kind of tucked away a little bit sometimes. When I caught the bug for rapping, I really caught it heavy. So now, like, and even like now, I'm really into videography. I think as I learn a new skill, I kind of fall in love with it. <clears throat> Maybe not more so than producing, but almost to the same level. So I don't really, I don't want to be the orchestrator anymore. Like I want to, I want to be orchestrating, but I want to be the guy at the same time. You know, like I don't think I could give that up now. I don't think I could go backwards. Yeah, and it's nice to get things off my chest because I was, I wasn't saying a lot back then. I was very quiet, like high school times. Like I was very shy, very quiet. But now that I've let let it out, like there's too much in there. You know, I was at Berkeley for a year, like Berkeley College of Music in Boston for like one year, my gap year. And, and, and I barely started rapping at that point. But my favorite class was Intro to Film Scoring. And I never forgot that. And my sister has a film scoring degree too. She was there at the same time. And that was, that was random to me that that's what she went for because she's very like singer-songwriter. Um, like, yeah, I thought she was more about the sounds than the visuals, but seeing movies without the music made me realize like the music really was actually driving the narrative for real it felt like so i like fell in love with film scoring and if it wasn't film scoring i'll still find a way to be doing music yeah and that's this was mark ronson in the middle of uptown funk too like i remember flight like leaving jfk like i heard uptown funk like three times in the airport and i'm just like this is not really happening right now like literally like go to hudson newstand and I'm just like, yo, this is mad. But it was same thing as like outros, like another another timestamp where I'm like, okay, I've got here. It's just more reassurance. But the thing the thing about that was I first of all took the LSAT like the week after. So I was like in the middle of law school apps and like on phone to my dad, like, yeah, I got this opportunity. First thing he said was no, like off rip. I was like, I've got I've got this opportunity to go to Abbey Road. Mark Ronson's gonna be my mentor. He was like, nah like off rip and I had to convince him he was like okay the deal is if you're going to do that you got to do both at 100% not going to do both at 75 and let them dwindle each other but more importantly like I, I learned a lot about myself because I realized that I'm a fourth quarter guy like I can handle the pressure when it really counts because I wasn't phased by the whole documentary they shot with it and the cameras and everything I was like if I'm, I'm not going to Abbey Road to make a cute video. I don't care about the documentary. Like if I don't come out with a tune, I failed myself. That was, the, that was my only thoughts going in. It's like, I have to come out with music. That's why I'm going there. I didn't go to the Abbey Road isn't 
a video studio, you get me? So, and he like matched that energy from the jump. Like when I first got there, we went to his studio first. He was working on Adele's album, 25, I think. Like one of the songs on the album, we walked into him playing the bass, and me and my sister. And we were like, yo, this is, like, we heard her voice from outside the door of the studio and paused before we entered, like, there's no way Adele's in there. She wasn't, thankfully, out of, I don't know what my reaction would have been. But, and then I just played him, like, 435th, 500, so all, all these beats. He's just like, just play me stuff. I just want to see what, how, you, how you think, like, what kind of sounds you, you like playing with. And the best piece of advice he gave me was, like, don't try and give them hip-hop dap and then, Afrobeat dap and then house dap and then classical dap, like try and blend all of those colors to make a new color. It's not just an assortment of different things, you know, that always stuck. But like the best thing he said, though, was we're musicians. He literally like sat me down. He was like, yo, we're musicians. We're here to make music. Like, I don't know how used to cameras and lights and all of that you are, but we're musicians. We're here to make music. So just let's tap in with each other and get this done kind of thing. And from there, I already knew like it would work. You know, and I still have those songs that I made with him. But again, what I feared would happen, he gave me his personal number too. He was like, yo, hit me. And I'm like, like you're going to reply, Mr. Uptown Funk. Like, cool. But I hit him afterwards, said thank you, everything. But after that, it was quiet because I can only imagine, you know, what he's up to. And this wasn't directly his thing. Like, he was brought into the noisy converse system. It wasn't like he was setting it up. So... I didn't want to force it. I felt like it would come back around if it was meant to, when it's meant to, you know. But I still have those songs. But yeah, I still, I still feel like I got the song, but I didn't, I didn't finish. I didn't get what I wanted. I wanted to get the song out, like completed with him, with his approval, you know, because I have the song kind of done. But I don't want to just throw that out there, you know. That's one of my favorite songs <laughs> ever made. Raw Cass and Benzo, man. That, at that time, that was like the biggest thing for me because I was trying to tap into, because I, lo I love CEDRB, like everything. So I was always trying to like tap into that. And I felt like I was slightly behind and trying to like catch up, but also be like, yo, I'm here, like my beats are nice, but I was still in that weird phase where I was quiet. And also I'm like, there's a lot of odd feature and stuff. Like everything was kind of all over the place with the classical influences too. But that was the first like legit thing I felt like okay that's like a new timestamp and I can start to grow from there again but what year was that that's probably like 2010 I feel like that was that was the seed for real people don't say it enough but I think people we know people know but like people always talk about concrete rows and like the earliest the early, I remember the, the first time I really thought like this could be a thing was at one of those shows. I don't know which one, but there was that. that's when we all kind of started. I don't even know if I was producing when I went to one of those first shows. It was when we got back to school and then Young Money became a thing and then it was like, okay, now we're gonna make a little rap crew. And then every now we have to need, we got the girl who's got to be the Nikki, we got to have the R&B guy in there, you know, like we had to hold the whole, the whole system. But I feel like that was, that was the seed for real. Like, that's the first time that I thought, hmm, this could be an interesting music thing. Because I was still, like, super shy. Only wanted to do classical piano stuff, maybe produce. But yeah. that, was, that was really what kicked it off, I think, for the whole scene, really. That made it, like, seem like a thing that was doable. Because at that age, too, like, that was early. 
Yeah, I was 13. Yeah. yeah, that was early. I just did this verse on the Disney soundtrack, the Disney Noel movie. Yes. I don't know if I'm jumping the gum, but yeah. but they that, they this this is why this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is why I'm saying like loyalty, like that that matters so much to me because they really did not need me for that verse at all. Like they they scored the whole movie first of all. Yeah. I think Clyde's dad, he's a director. I think he directed the movie. Or was a screenwriter. It had was involved some way in the direction of it, and they scored the whole movie with like full orchestra, like full horn section, strings, big timp timpanis, the whole everything. So I knew they were working on this for like years. Like they just going and going. I'd always checking like, how's that going along? They'd just be very kind of coy about it, but they knew they had this song that they could do whatever they wanted with. That wasn't really going to be in the movie directly. So this, it was just a soundtrack kind of thing that Disney were like, do what you want with that song. And again, they were like, how do we do something different with this? You want to, let's bring it to hip hop space a little bit more. And so they just called me to do the verse again, of course, middle of exams in Amsterdam. <laughs> had to turn it around in 24 hours. But like I said, that fourth quarter mentality, I knew because I've done it enough times now. I was like, I can get this done. I can get it to them. He was like, we need you to be available tomorrow to do edits and stuff. I'm like, I've got two classes tomorrow. Got an exam on Friday. But I knew I would get it done. And so those those guys hold me down because they really didn't need. They could have easily yeah. sung an easy verse. Like it's a Disney movie too. It's not hard to write for them, especially to write a quick, cute something. You know, use all the Christmas references, whatever. And I really commend Shane Chubby because he like I don't even know if I liked the song at first because he 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 kind of like told me what what he felt like this, the sequence needed. It was making, I think we're making a whole project and he kind of told me the energy he wanted in this space right here. And I was like, that's perfect. I like, it's, it's easier for me if you give me a piece because I know how to go and finish it. So I was like, boom, I got you. I know what I'm going to do. And it just, it just happened in like 10 minutes. Like the whole beat and the hook was like 10, 15 minutes. Wow. I've never, I don't think I've ever made anything that quick since, honestly. And that was 2013. So... And he and I, I was like, I don't know. I remember sending it to him and being like, this is kind of like a cool idea. I don't know how I feel about the holiday. Hey, like it felt like a little too loose. Yeah, you get me? Because I'm thinking the other way. But he instantly heard it and was like, send me that shit right now. Like, that's, yeah. that's, it's going to work. Trust me. Yeah. So it definitely felt like that when it dropped. And like performing it at the first Native Land Festival and it being like, People really singing it back to me. I was like, wow. That was the first moment I actually had that, like, people singing my song back to me. And that was crazy. Yeah, yeah that puts a big battery in your back yeah. when that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I had to, like, consciously force myself to learn how to, like, freestyle. And not even just on rap, like, every way. Because being a classical pianist, that's, that's where that really comes from. It's, like, so meticulous. Like, I was really there practicing scales, having to play them perfectly for exams and, like, it's so hard to undo that, but the beauty of it is, it once you once you spend enough time realizing that you gotta loosen up a bit, you then have all the rules to break. That's what, and I knew that from the beginning. I just didn't always believe it. My mom would tell me that from early. Like, the point of learning the rules is so you know what you're doing when you start trying to do whatever. And then that year at Berkeley, Berkeley's a jazz school, so I started learning to improvise and stuff, and that was way out of my comfort zone. So I think. Over, over time, I've appreciated like freestyling and like people who don't write, people who just go into the booth and just, you know, go off whatever they're feeling in the moment. 
because I've never really been able to do that and I'm still trying to force myself into that way of thinking without losing the training that I have because that, that's got me this far, you know. But, yeah, it's, I, I kind of try and use both when, you know, when it makes sense. Like when it's time to really get down to the nitty-gritty and each snare, each volume, each reverb, everything has to be on point. I also noticed that, like, Holiday, which was one of the first, another timestamp that took me forward, that fell out of me in, like, 10 minutes. That was one of the first times that's happened to where a whole idea, complete idea just sort of fell out. Because everything else is, like, from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., I'm still working on that same bass line, like, you know. So, yeah, I think just with time, you notice that you can create that quickly, and sometimes the best songs are the most simple. So shout out to Danny Sober. This kid I went to Brown with. It's another reason why I believe parents when they say like stay in school, it's not just a joke. Like everyone I collaborate with still came from Brown and like connections extending from that. But it was literally just a guy who was probably doing the same thing I was doing, a degree, a major that wasn't art or music, and then was doing that kind of on the side from Chicago. And he just, I didn't even, really give him too much information. He was just like, okay, what's the whole thing about? And I'm like, honestly, it's about everything. My music's about my life directly. So it's just everything you go through, good, bad, everything in between. But I, I picked out certain themes on certain songs. Like like there's a there's a love theme throughout the whole thing. There's lost love, hey love, hey love. So the heart's gonna be in there. And then <clears throat> I, I really broke down to him my background and how much like, for example, everyone has mad loans. I don't have any loans. Why don't you have any loans? That doesn't make any sense. But like, you don't understand this culture in Lagos we come from, you know? So like the money thing I explained, then there's the weights in there. It's like the scales, not only the legal scales, but also just being a Gemini and the twin aspect of my life. Everything comes in twos. Like Abbey Road, LSAT right behind it, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I just really pulled out important themes and that's all I gave him. And I don't even know, honestly, if I really knew the Roots album like that, because that's what the, ins the inspiration came from. But he kind of, in a way, put, I, I, I think I knew it from childhood and like hearing it. I, I knew of it, yeah, but then he really like made me go and pinpoint, okay, that's what that is. And that's why, what that means. And I looked up the meaning of that like face that they drew and everything. Um, but the, the music, was really like started from heart, one of them like cute heartbreaks. It wasn't cute though, it was deep, but looking back, I'm like, how deep really was it? You know, but thank God I felt it that deeply because I made that whole project from that one sentiment and everything kind of grew out of there. And then it's like growing up and like having issues with friends and like falling out, like realizing who's really got your back kind of thing. It came from all of that. And just also the lowest point, like, starting to not really care about school like that i'm like you know what like i'm nice and i can i can make sure they know i'm nice i know how to do this so it was like take this kind of thing it was like a real like like weight off my shoulders kind of thing my guy man again brown like i don't even know how we met probably through lawrence like another another group of kids that I met at brown but he just, he was on like, he put me onto like the snarky puppies, like the kind of hip, I, I call it hip pop. Because it's like pop music almost, but it has all them like soul flavors and the, the drums are usually like kind of boom bappy. Yeah. But he kind of just understood what I was doing. I guess Chance was out at that time as well. 
when I was making Goodbye Forever and that kind of stuff. So we met around then and and like Kendrick had had Section 80 and the, the, all the sax and the jazz on Section 80. It's really like, like Terrace Martin and Kendrick is probably where I felt like I wanted that energy on my tapes. And he just came at the perfect time, understood what I was doing. I was, it was easy to work together. I would send him stuff or he would come to my dorm room. I'd be like, I just, just give me five takes of just soloing and then I'll go back and chop it up. And he was happy to let me chop it up, which is an important thing. You know, because I don't even know now if I would want to go chop everything up like that. I want him to yeah. make it be what he what he wants it to be, you know. But he just trusted me. He's a great sax player. Also classically trained, I want to say, I think. But, yeah, same thing. We'll just be a brown, to, brown together doing all the odd underground shows here and there, 50 people, 30 people. And we just, like, grew a proper bond. Like, I call him, I still, and I'm I'm loyal like that. Like, I still... Need a sax like I'm gonna summon it. Hilo Jack. Yeah. yeah. Brown again. Yeah, though so Clyde is he leads Lawrence, like him and his sister have a band called Lawrence. Her name's Gracie. And she's amazing. Both of them are amazing, like songwriting. And he's he doesn't can't I don't I don't know if he can actually read music. So working with him was like forced me again to undo all that like rigid, everything has to be like this. You have to put, you have to dot your eyes, cross your teeth, everything. Like he would just be like flow, would improvise, play any song, any top 40, anything you can play off rip, right key, sing it, everything, you know? So him and then Cody has a, a group called Stolen Jars, which is more like indie, which I understood from, from coming from London, that like Bombay Bicycle Club, Two Door Cinema Club, that vibe. So I kind of like, under, and I like, Showing that, like, yo, I get this too, but let me show you this hip-hop stuff over here. Yeah, let Clyde bring the pop and the soul, and, you know, like, it just all kind of meshed together nicely. And we were doing, like, I think we did a cover of, I think it was a chance song, actually. We did a cover of, like, Cocoa Butter Kisses or something, me and Lawrence, like, my junior year. And then senior year, they were like, yo, let's work on this song for graduation, like a graduation song. Like, they were all feeling a type of way because they didn't know if they were about to go full on music or if they were going to start, well, what's going to happen after they graduate? So it was like, let's make this song. And then the song came out so good. That was so it goes, I think, the single off that project we put out. And then we just sort of, kind of, again, just fell into it naturally. Like, they were just like, yo, we should make this project. Like, we can handle most of the production because you're still going crazy with all your stuff. But just like, we want to definitely be rap on there. So it ended up being more indie soul production and more like I'll just put the odd verse here and there and do what it needed to do. Um, but I want to I want to do part two of that, but I want to handle the production more of the production, yeah, and like because they'll just give it a different flavor and then have them singing and you know bring them to my world a little bit more. You get me? Yeah, because it'll just it'll just build into. Like a diff- like the group is changing, but it's the same, you know, same elements, just different, pushing one to the forefront. Yeah, I think I was in my little R&B, R&B bag. Again, guitars. I was saying how I wanted to learn the guitar because I felt like I could mimic a lot of instruments on a keyboard, on a MIDI keyboard, like horns, strings, piano, obviously, keys, anything, but bass. But strumming just doesn't come across when you try and do it that way. So... That was like me trying to, I've been like making a lot of easier guitar riff, like songs built on guitar riffs. So that when I do learn, I can play them at shows. Like, and that's what I'm trying to do this spring when I get back to New York. So that's where I really started. And I don't even know what was happening <laughs> that day, but that, that was a quick song though. 
it kind of came out in one one energy i think that so that year was so again being a gemini everything kind of is in two so i have like a little in my head i have like a little mixtape series then i have the albums so like contract thursday ct one two and three those are like the let me experiment a little bit loosen up yeah. try new things then the album time like goodbye forever everybody falls in the summer and the one i'm working on now that's like now i'm getting a little too tight and everything up but i want it to be the visuals like this references within the songs and stuff but the way it started was just like summer in new york getting tired of social media news trump's doing his thing every day i was working at a law firm doing an internship that summer and like every evening me and my girl would just cycle to central park and just sit by like vibrate the the like visual for vibrate i'm seeing by this lake we would just cycle there and just sit and just chill for like 30 minutes whatever 45 minutes and then cycle back and that was like my time to clear my head from everything working all day song i have to now make the video i have to edit like all this stuff i have to do that was my time to just like chill out um and so that's where the the like summer aspect came out just feeling like our generation needs to get outside and stop like i mean i mean we're not even we're not even horrible the generation behind us like are in trouble that was that part of it and then also just going like summer is summer is supposed to be like we just came from hot girl summer like summer is supposed to be like everything is lit everyone's happy that's kind of how we paint it but everyone goes through things at all different times of the year so i was like really going through some up and downs that summer really seeing what the future might be like being a full-time lawyer but also trying to balance seeing what the balance would be like trying to do all of this on the side um and so that was like the everybody falls in the summer, like the seasons aren't, summer is happy and winter is sad and it's cuffing season and this and everything is all uniform. Like it all happens throughout the year. Yeah. Valentine's day is lit or it's trash. It's not, and it's everything in between. Mm. It's not just love yeah. everywhere, you know? So it was again, just everything in one, like trying to not stay in one place. Because moving around my whole life, like, I enjoyed code switching so much that I like trying to pack as many genres, many melodies, styles of rapping, like, hooks, beat, production, everything. I want to do as much as I can in one place. So that was the best way to, like, capture that particular energy. That's what it was. It's, like, trying to explain how you can be, things can be so, so great and so bad at the same time, but also be so bad and still so great. It's peaks and valleys. Um, that's that's what it really came down to trying to capture all of that in one in one project and the visuals the most important thing to me for that project was like trying to up the quality of the visuals because i just started making my own videos like the year before yeah. but i never tried to make like a visual album and that's what i always wanted to do since i saw runaway but yay like i was i'm like i need a full longer than five seven eight minutes it needs to be like a 25 minute movie a short film because I wasn't naturally the swaggiest kid. Like, I was the shy one. I was, like, never, it never felt fully in with, you know, whatever I felt like I should be in with. And it's really just, like, cool am I and how do I express that in the dopest way, you know? That's where I kind of landed in the last year or two. At some point, I started, I look back and I appreciate that that's what separates me. That's why I'm this quirky, nerdy guy in his own little corner of the scene, you know? So just embracing that and, like, making that cool that's really what it's about it's not you're not cool because everyone thinks you're cool you're cool because you're who you are that's what i feel anyway so 
it's just like embracing that, like bringing that out more. Um, and the pictures too, like I started getting obsessed with photography, videography, everything, just trying to express myself visually because it feels like you get two opportunities to express whatever you wanted to express and it can be two different things you say with the song and the video. So I felt like I was kind of not appreciating that opportunity to say something with my look and with my frame, like being a tall, lanky, skinny guy, you know, like, and that being an insecurity thing before and now, it's just, it's what it is, like, take it or leave it kind of thing. I think it's just, yeah, growing up, just maturing, getting, getting over, yeah, man, stop trying so hard, just relax, like, it's not that deep. So my mom came to that show, yeah, and the whole show, she's trying to, like, wince through all the curses and, like, just, this is, uh, it's a lot. But that song came on and the, the beginning, the choirs, the organ. Out of water, never let me drown. Play me on the radio, I'm all over the town. And I save it all, 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 and let it drop. I lost my mind around the time I cracked the code. Punching on the clock, I let it rain, I let it snow, and still I show. Kicking through the floor, what's down below? Like when we're packing up for the show, she like made me run that song back like three times. It was in the back by herself, just jamming. And that like, that made every nothing else matter that's my grammy kind of thing you know so chico for sure um open letter two which is the last song i made before i started law school I swear i miss my dog right beside me on the track i swear i'm finna leak of me still sending me them raps bro they think i'm about to stall i got fire in the tank they think i'm finna stop i think they smoking crack we from a different cloth everybody sound a whack that was like see i did contract thursdays part one and then part two and that was like a big timestamp because I felt like I was going to take a little break because I'd heard so much about the first year of law school, the worst year of your life. Like you never, if you get through that, you can get through anything. So like they make it so daunting that you're like, what am I really getting into? And I kind of had to force myself to accept that music might have to actually pause for a second. I'll never pause fully, but I might need to just chill for a second. And that was the last time I had to say whatever was left to say at that time. So that was my big timestamp to like, round everything up this is how i feel this is how i feel my places in this scene whatever that is this is where i feel like my quality has got to this is what i care about right now this is what's going on in the world right now it's kind of like everything in one um, and i like appreciate those songs there's like a couple of those in my catalog that i know are like this is a timestamp here i'm intentionally so cheat code open letter two and it's all right I'm gonna go with this. So it could be so. I can't even choose this scene over you because it could be so. It could be everything ends. The outro and on goodbye forever. That that might be my favorite hook. I'll say that's an honorary fourth place. But it's all right because that was the first song I made for goodbye forever. Yeah, say reintroducing, mistaken fusions, fusions improving, improving who's it? Disapproving fools and approving views. Now this dude's too good and he won't quit. So brother number three now and I ain't writing. Coming from such a negative place, like that's the power of music. Like I, I, I made that song for myself, like telling myself, like, bro, like you got your heart broke, but it's not that deep. Like it's gonna be calm. Like, and that kicked off that whole year of everything. Then I made Blue after the Goodbye Forever dropped, and then the Abbey Road thing came around. And my, the manager, the guy was managing me at the time. That's that all kicked off from it's all right. And me like wiping. That was like a clean slate for me. Like. That was a single, then people started noticing, like, oh, this kid actually is like, he makes decent music, he's cool. Then King came, and then the rest of them one by one. So, yeah, that was an important song in the catalog. The Alternative Network.